Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. Join us today as we go diving in a beautiful cove, get up close and personal with some sea turtles, and after a whirlwind long day of activities, retire to a fabulous resort with the most romantic setting. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to World Footprints, the leading voice in socially responsible travel and lifestyle. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick, and along with my husband, Ian, we're exploring the Island of Clouds, otherwise known as Beckway, here in the Grenadines. Thanks, dear. On today's World Footprints, it's all about Beckway, the northernmost island in the Grenadines, and we're going to traverse as much of its seven square miles as we possibly can during the show. First, the largest island of the Grenadines has some of the best diving spots in the world. And fresh from a dive at Devil's Table with her new dive buddy, Kathy Sachs of Dive Beckway, Tanya and Kathy talk about their passion for diving and what life has been like for Kathy and her husband Bob as UK and US transplants, respectively, living here in this tropical paradise. My story is similar to most people's here is that I came on holiday. I loved it, and then I desperately worked out a way to try and stay here. Then we visit Beckway's Park Bay, home of the Old Hag Turtle Sanctuary, where a retired skin-diving fisherman, affectionately known as Brother King, has devoted many years to the preservation of the hawksbill turtle. Brother King and his helpers monitor the beaches and nests here to protect mother turtles and eggs from poachers and then care for the baby hatchlings in the sanctuary during the turtles' vulnerable years of life. So in my anxiety, I collected a small bucket full of babies and put them in a small basin of water. And that's how I started. It was not a plan of mine. Finally, we'll retire to one of the most scenic and romantic resorts we've experienced on our travels. We'll settle in at the Beckway Beach Hotel. Situated on Beckway's beautiful Friendship Beach, this boutique hotel draws its inspiration from nearby Mustique Island, and its owner, Bent Mortstead, will take us on a tour of this fashionable resort. I planted about 4,000 bushes and flowers here quite recently, all from St. Vincent and, and Beckway and palm trees and, and uh, just uh, made it should, it should be a lush uh, garden. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. And I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And this is World Footprints. Visit and connect with us at worldfootprints.com. Beckway has some of the best diving spots in the world. Fresh from my dive with my dive buddy and new best friend, Kathy Sachs of Dive Beckway, Kathy and I talked about what life has been like for her and her husband, Bob, in this tropical paradise as they live their passion. Greetings from Belmont Walkway in Admiralty Bay here on the island of Beckway. And I'm sitting here with my new friend, my new dive buddy, Kathy Sachs, one of the owners of uh, Dive Beckway. Kathy, thank you so much and and, uh, welcome to World Footprints. Thank you. And first I have to say, OMG, the dive that you just took me on, that was awesome. Um, there's so much colors. Once I cleared my mask, because it was quite foggy at first, um, the world, just the underwater world just reopened to me. The colors, the, the sea life, they were phenomenal. The place where we were was is called Rocky Bay. Rocky Bay, yep. We went from Rocky Bay out to Devil's Table. 
and uh, just following the reef along and as you saw masses amounts of fish lots and lots of sea life and uh, we had a good 60 minutes underwater (laughs) (laughs) which is bizarre and and we still had 1900 pounds of uh, air left in our tanks you were very good on your air And uh, I, I was going to tell my husband, who's here with us too, dear, I saw dinner down there, a few lobsters we ran into. Lots of lobsters. And eels. Uh, yes. And I, I saw the uh, the universal symbol of do not touch on a couple mm-hmm. of things. Yep. So eels, scorpion fish, and uh, as we were talking about at the beginning, marine park, so we're not allowed to take the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> So um, before, you know, we talk about the dive climate here, I just I want to find out what brought you here. You come from the U- uh, the um, UK, Wales, or the... Uh, yeah. I'm from the borders of England and Wales. And I think my story is similar to most people's here. Is that I came on holiday, I loved it, and then I desperately worked out a way to try and stay here. Now, at that time, had you met Bob? Because I think I heard that you also stayed because of your husband, Bob, who's a Jersey guy. Um, Yes, I'd met Bob. My mother knew Bob from many years ago. And when I said that I wanted to go diving, she she introduced me to Bob. And uh, Bob was my dive instructor. So I'm I'm another one of those women that married their dive instructors. And how many years, like 20 years or so later? Yeah, it's it's 18 years later. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so talk a little bit about the diving climate here around Beckway. I understand that this area, this island, offers some of the best diving in really the, the Caribbean. Yeah, we have some fantastic diving here. Our dive sites are all very close to, um, to the dive center, so we don't have long boat rides. Um, but we have very easy diving, uh, fringing reefs that um, just about anybody um, uh, can dive. And, uh, of course, year-round warm water and uh, very good conditions for diving. Yeah, in fact, you mentioned the warm water, and it was warm enough not to require wetsuits, which is great because it's almost like wearing a full suit girdle. Um, And so it was really nice not to have to, to put that on. How far down did we go on our dive? We went to 40 feet on our dive. And, uh, you know, we were both fine without our wetsuits on for that 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the other areas around Beckway that you usually take um, people diving to or where you actually like to dive around this area? Um, nearly all of our dive sites are on the leeward side of the island and most of them around the edges of Admiralty Bay. Uh, we've got some very popular dive sites, one called the Boulders, uh, which is a, a little bit deeper than we went this morning. Uh, again, lots and lots of fish and named the Boulders because there are massive boulders that have fallen off the cliff and now are underwater and covered with sea fans and uh, sponges. So really beautiful dive. And then for more adventurous divers, deep divers uh, we have the wall at West Key which is one of the places in Beckway that we quite often see uh, reef sharks mm-hmm. yeah, um, how do reef sharks equate to like nurse sharks because yeah, as everyone knows I'm not, I'm not a fan of uh, sharks uh, underwater 
Well, reef sharks um, normally swim away, whereas nurse <laughs> sharks just stay there. So you do have to be quite quick at seeing them before they see you because they don't normally stay around that long. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's good to know next time. Now, I saw some other things when we were diving. Like uh, I pointed out kind of a square concrete. It almost looked like a window. Do you remember that? Yeah. There has uh, been a, a, a window frame that's been thrown on the reef. I'm not really sure what, from where, because <laughs> there aren't any houses there. But it's getting quite nicely covered with coral now, and there's, uh, there's a few things living underneath it, so we decided not to move it. <laughs> Good grief. So, you know, you guys, you and Bob have a dive backway. You're both divers. You take people out um, diving all the time. Do you ever get to dive just for yourself? And where do you like to go around the world? What are some of your favorite places besides backway to dive? Um, Bob lived in Papua New Guinea for four or five years, and he had a a dive center there. And that was his favorite favorite place to dive and uh, uh, since we met we haven't managed to go back there but that's somewhere that we're planning to try and get back to to go and dive again mm-hmm. now um you said earlier when you were talking about moving here to beckway or you came here on holiday you fell in love what was it about this island that really resonated with you um I think probably the size and how friendly people were. Um, when I originally came out, I, uh, I found a fantastic ticket that was uh, £99 to come for three months. And £99 was cheaper than heating my house for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I started in the north um, end of the Caribbean in Antigua and I slowly made my way down through the islands mm-hmm. and uh, when I got off the ferry I did the whole thing travelling by ferry where I could between islands when I got off the ferry in Betquay, um and Julie's guest house was right opposite the ferry dock everybody was really friendly somebody grabbed my bag um, <laughs> escorted me to the guest house and it was just a really comfortable place to stay and I stayed here for uh, well several months and uh, it was uh, always a, a really welcoming place to be mm-hmm. and how soon afterwards um, you met Bob you know quickly after soon after you got here um, you guys were married some time later how long have you been here in you know in total uh, I've been here for just coming up to 19 years, and Bob's been here for mm, coming up to 30 years. Wow. And I wish you were here to ask him how a nice guy from New Jersey <laughs> ended up here for so long, and, and why. Do you know that story? Um Yes. Actually, after he had the dive center in uh, New Guinea, he and his partner were looking for somewhere in the Caribbean because uh, they were a little bit out in the uh, in the wilderness in New Guinea. And he was actually on his way to Grenada to think about buying a dive center there. And Liat made a landing in St. Vincent, uh, cancelled the flight. <laughs> so he ended up staying there. For a day and went for a dive thought it was absolutely fantastic phoned his buddy in the states and said you should come down here and see this <laughs> he did and within two weeks they'd bought a dive center in saint vincent and that yeah and they're still here oh my god that was not an accidental cancellation of the flight no <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so one other thing I want to point out um, before we close is that um, you actually offer some free classes, you know, once a week because some people, when they come on holiday, they may want to try diving out, but, you know, it, it, it is a daunting um thought to be underwater with just you know regular I mean the, the skills that it takes may be intimidating to some people how do you work around that how do you give people the comfort level a beginner the comfort level that it needs to that they need in order to um, to learn this sport um what we find is that a lot of people that are here have been out snorkeling a few times. They've realized that that's not as difficult as they thought it was going to be. So they make inquiries about diving. And because it's a very gradual process where you chat with your instructor first and then you go into the water just off the beach. So everything is done in very, very shallow water where you can stand up. We usually find that people think it's a lot easier than they thought it was going to be there are very very few people that say "Mm -mm, no this isn't for me I can't do it so once you've had your practice at swimming around in the shallow water crystal clear water fish already swimming past you it's not like sitting in a swimming pool then uh, it's very easy to get people to come out on the reef dive so I may have a new, uh, your next student sitting right across from us here, my husband, Ian. What do you think, babe? That's a no. He's shaking his head for those who can't see. <laughs> well, I guess he's one of those that say, uh, absolutely not. But, uh, Kathy, thank you so much. Actually, you know, you're... you're um, Tuition today, the time that you took uh, with me was was um, it was really wonderful because it helped ease a little bit of my anxiety. Although I am certified, it's been a number of years, um, you know, in between my last open water dive and today I dove at the Georgia Aquarium which was phenomenal but it doesn't really count as an open water dive and so you made um, my dive today incredibly enjoyable and uh, no stress at all and I thank you for that you're welcome and you shouldn't leave it eight years before you go for your next dive (laughs) I agree I agree so we'll be back to dive Beckway thank you so much for joining us on World Footprints thanks and coming up we head across Beckway to the old hag turtle sanctuary where we'll meet brother King and learn of his efforts to save the endangered hawksbill turtle so in my anxiety I collected a small bucket full of babies and put them in a small basin of water that's how I started. It was not a plan of mine. Next, as World Footprints continues. Hi, my name is Emeline. I'm from Korea. I love the Footprints Radio. Good job! Did you know that World Footprints has something for everyone? From great radio shows with celebrity guests and the latest travel news and information to dynamic travel deals and more. Make worldfootprints.com your first stop. Also, don't forget to visit the Travel Marketplace for sales on travel essentials and services. Seeking paradise? A little romance? Echo adventures or pristine waters and beaches? You'll find it all on the islands of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. A tropical paradise of 32 beautiful Caribbean islands is waiting to offer you endless possibilities. Experience a sailing paradise, explore uninhabited islands, or many quiet moments. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick with World Footprints, and before you can just say, ah, 
you must discover paradise at discoversvg.com. Join award-winning World Footprints Radio, a leader in socially conscious travel for inspiring, entertaining, and educational shows. Meet well-known guests like Bobby Kennedy Jr., actress Stephanie Powers, director Ken Burns, David Rockefeller Jr., and other celebrities, newsmakers, and industry professionals who celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage, and support public diplomacy. Travel with us to unique places around the world, Join us in our efforts to raise awareness about environmental conservation and human rights issues and learn what you can do to leave positive footprints one step at a time. Visit our interactive and informative website, worldfootprints.com. My name is Lubin Olive. I'm from the tiny island, Beckwith, in Mason and the Grandins. And I uh, want to wish you all the best for coming to Beckwith, Tanya, and uh, Ian. I wish you a safe trip back, and when you go back home, tell all the wonderful people about Beckway. It's the only paradise in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And I will encourage you to listen to World Footprint, the best in the world. Enjoy. You're listening to World Footprints Radio, awarded as the best travel audio podcast by the North American Travel Journalists Association. Here's Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. For many years now, Brother King has operated the Old Hag Turtle Sanctuary here on Beckway to help preserve the endangered hawksbill turtle. Brother King and the turtles under his care rely on the goodwill of strangers and friends from around the world, some of whom are fortunate to make their way to Beckway's Park Bay, as we did, to see firsthand the remarkable efforts of Brother King to keep the hawksbill turtle alive. We are happy to introduce you to a new friend, Brother King, as he's known, and he runs the Old Hag Turtle Sanctuary here on the island, a very unique establishment um, in the world, frankly, because there are not many um, institutions that actually have a turtle sanctuary uh, in the the world, and we're here with uh, Brother King, and very happy to welcome you to World Footprints. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's our pleasure. Now I want to go back in time because we talked a little bit earlier, and you mentioned that you were actually born here. I see you wearing a London cap, so I, there has to be some roots there. But yeah. you were actually born on this island, and you were are formerly a skin. Fisherman. Skin diving fisherman. I am a skin diving fisherman retired. You know, when people in these days speak about diving, their minds go to scuba diving. Mm-hmm. When I started diving, there was no scuba gear around here, so we knew nothing about scuba diving. We did all what we call free diving our lungs, our flippers on our feet, our mask, and a snorkel. And how deep did you go? I was one of the deeper divers. I was in pretty good shape. I started to dive when I was about 16 years old. And by the time I was about 19, I was a professional. I could dive in about like 20, 22 meters, you know, and pretty often for a day. So we did that like six days a week. You know, I did that for 35 years. So I'm still here. And I mean, that was part of your livelihood. Back then, you know, people ate what they caught, essentially. No, that was my profession. That's the way I made a living. And I caught big fish to sell to people and to hotels, to export 
and big hawksbill turtles for their shell. In the early days, there was no plastic as yet. And the shell from these big hawksbill turtles being so beautiful. And every one is a different color and different designs. They use that shell for spectacle frames and combs and brushes and buttons and whatever. So that's why we caught turtles in those days. So how did you go from skin diving to turtle conservation? Well, you can continue to be a scuba diver much longer than you can continue to be a free diver. Because you get a little older and tired of the sea, you know, and you're not as strong when you're 50 as when you're 15. So there comes a time when I had to give up that. People have to give up that at a certain age. It tells in your body, you know. So I decided before I stopped diving, I needed a bigger boat. And I made sure while I was diving and making some money to build that bigger boat. So when I stopped diving in a small boat, I had a bigger boat to do better fishing in. You see, I could go fish in this boat and do lines and nets and so forth. And, and so you came upon saving the, this breed of turtle. I, I did not plan this thing. I mean, a lot of people see me do this. I'm around the world on TV and so forth. And they thought this was a plan of mine. It was not a plan. I was accustomed to seeing turtles come to the beach, lay eggs, their babies hatch and go back into the sea and so forth. But I was camping here in a tent. My family, of course, every weekend. My home is in town, Port Elizabeth. And so one night I happened to be here alone in my tent. And this big female turtle came up to my tent right next to my door, dug a hole, threw sand in on me while I was sleeping, laid her eggs and left. So when I got up next morning that I saw that, I searched for the eggs, and the eggs were right by my door. You know, I hid it because people are still in the habit of eating, some people, not all, eating turtle eggs. So I wanted to make sure that those turtle eggs would hatch and the babies would go back into the sea, some would live. But it didn't happen like that. Two months after, I was there standing with two visiting friends, and these babies hatched out around my feet. I, I didn't plan for it. I didn't know that they were still there. I thought they had gone. So in my anxiety, I collected a small bucket full of babies and put them in a small basin of water. And that's how I started. It was not a plan of mine. I had to teach myself how to deal with these baby turtles. I know normally baby turtles will eat jellyfish in the ocean. I did not know what they will eat otherwise because I cannot get jellyfish. And so I coaxed them and fed them. They would not eat. And I made a deal with them. If you don't eat within six days, I'll put you back in the sea. Mm. On the sixth morning, my wife made some tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> and I was eating a tuna fish sandwich, leaning over, speaking to my toes. And a piece of the tuna fell into the water. They rushed and ate it up. And then I said, I will go in town and buy some tuna fish. And I've been eating tuna fish for the past 17 years. You know, just coincidence. Well, I, I know having, you know, um, attended a few turtle sanctuaries like in Costa Rica and other parts of the world that the, um, 
the, the baby turtles have only a 10% mortality rate, or, you know, they only 10% of babies that are born to a hatch actually survive in the um, wild. Mm-mm, much less than that. Much, much less than that. These little things, especially hawksbills, they are small. They're smaller than the other turtles. And they're little and soft and float and slow. And everything eats them out there. They begin to be eaten by crabs on the beach. Then they're eaten by eels and octopus around this rocky coastline. And as they go out in the ocean, they're eaten by the frigate birds and fish. So it is said that around maybe one of 3,000 of these will survive. One from 3,000. So how long, you know, you have uh, three, four, three different tanks here and then smaller uh, tanks. And in this this tank to our, um, to my right, there is a tank of probably close to 100, if not over, of 80, 300, holy cow, 300 (laughs) itty bitty babies and they're less than you know they fit on a palm they're they're smaller than my, the palm of my hand so you have them and then you have the tank that we're right behind which is you know comprised of certainly much larger turtles and then you know a few teen well call them teenagers yeah. to uh, to their right how long do you keep these turtles until you release them back into the wild i i got to realize that turtles being solitary fight when you have them together. And from small they fight, they kill each other. So you have to have sizes by themselves. Okay. You know, we can't mix those two sizes there. Those teenagers you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is about a year, 14 months and so, you can't put them among these baby turtles. Now, turtles don't eat turtles. But the bigger ones will kill those by holding on to them to play with them and squeeze them. And hold them down on the water too long and drown them. Okay. You see? So you have to have sizes by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so how, how long will you save, like, these guys behind us, which are, I'll call young adults, um, when will they go back into the wild? Well, these are more like two and a half and three years old, except for three bigger ones that I have. And I keep them between four or five years. Because by four or five years, they are strong. They can dive to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. They are fast. They can get away from humans and sharks. And they will survive better than if you put back a one-year-old. Okay. You know? And with the 300 infants that we have over here, how many of those will survive this stage of their, their lives, captivity? Well, these now are some from one week up to three, four, six weeks in here. Now they are together because they are small. I can feed them better when they are together like that. Mm-hmm. As they begin to get bigger, you say I have some empty basins. Then I will put so many, you know, like up to 12 or 15, 20 in each basin and take better care of them. Mm-hmm. And they will not be as close to one another to bite and damage one another. So they are only there because they are young. Now, you know, there's different breeds of sea turtles. What breed of sea turtle are we dealing with here? No, we have uh, 
green tulls and hawks bills permanently in the Caribbean. The other tulls, like loggerheads and leatherbacks, will pass through in a season till the eggs and go on. They don't live around here. So we, we, we have just green tulls and hawks bills in these islands. So I have one green, somewhere about there, and I have all, all the others, the hawks bills. I raised, I raised 30, 14 green turtles, and I put them back already. Now, um, I know the uh, turtle sanctuary here is open to the public, uh, but do you also accept volunteers, and in what capacity? Well, I don't have any, say, like, rooms to allow volunteers to stay with me. But they come and give me a few hours help by walking, you know, and they go. Um, I had a few that was very interested that came here in, in, a, in a group and went back home and came back by themselves to stay down at the end of the day to, to walk and to learn. They were studying marine biology. So I had about... I had those about five times. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, Brother King, I, I wanted to circle back to some of the work that you're doing to, uh, with regards to your work, turtle conservation. You actually, you continue to this day to walk the beach. So you monitor the beaches nearby. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for and what do you do when you see what you're, you're looking for? Um, we have laws. We still have laws supposed to protect turtles. One of the things that I disagree with is that people go to the beaches at night in the nesting season to wait until the female comes in to kill that female to eat. If they do not see a turtle in the night and it all comes and nobody is there lays her eggs, they will come back the next day and look for the eggs. I am really against that. Because if you don't have new ones to go back to the sea, and you are catching them in the sea, you have, you have permission by law to catch turtles in the sea. Seven months of the year. Okay. So if you continue to catch them in the sea, male and female, and continue to catch females on the beach, which is only females come to the beach, in a few years they won't have any, you know. Because as we were talking about the mortality rate a while ago, it's a very few that survives. So I am of the opinion of knowing my people and how they behave is that each year they are catching 20 times more than what is increasing. It won't take long before it's gone, you know. So that is my, that is my reason for going to beaches. Some people don't, don't like me to go to the beaches. They object to it because they want to do their, their, their mischief, you know. But I don't stop. I keep going. I'll give you an example. When I came here to begin to camp, I did not have a tall sanctuary. But we used to go to beaches at night, me and the children, to show them tall nesting. Way back then, that's 27 years ago, we would only see about six or seven females come to this beach. You know, this year, we had 22. Really? So it is increasing. Because I am of the opinion that my first batch of turtles that I put back yeah. in the sea 
They are 17 years old now, and some of them been coming back. What's the name of this beach area? Park Beach. Okay. Park Beach, yeah. Have you, as part of your conservation work, have you worked with the locals to educate them on the importance of the turtle conservation to tourism? Because this, you know, tourists, tourists are very keen yes, I was on... coming to that. Okay. I was coming to that. Apart from my walk with the turtles, I've been inviting school children here for many years. Any size. Children from kindergarten right up to college. I invite here. Visiting children from schools are free. Their teachers are free. And so they come. And I'm teaching children. I'm teaching children who have fishermen fathers. That will not teach them anything about the sea. Turtles or nothing. Now they are going back home. And telling their parents, especially fathers. What Mr. King is doing and what he's saying. So, Daddy, you have to stop catching small turtles. You have to stop eating turtle eggs. Some of them say, I tell my daddy, stop bringing home turtle meat. We don't want it to eat anymore. So, I'm making a big impression in the minds of the youth when it comes now to turtle conservation and the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling you a while ago that I spent many years in the sea. I was not just only a diver, you know. I am a professional sailor. Okay. A prof- professional seaman. I still have some of my own boats, you see. And I trained a lot of young people in seamanship on the ocean. So I am, to see all of that, these young men know that I'm a credit to the country when it comes to the ocean, you know. And when children come, they can understand well. I teach them about currents and tides and, and, and the, the delicacy of coral and, and how it grows and what can destroy it easily and it, it, does, it takes a long time to grow and easy to kill. All those things I teach children. They will not get that in school. You know? I, I'm not a teacher, so to speak. But I know what I'm saying when I'm talking about the ocean. You know? I, I don't get paid by no government in the Caribbean. And I'm doing something for the Caribbean. And I was going to ask you if you, if you are getting any support from the government with, with this program at all because it's beneficial to the government. Well, you know, I, I don't really like to deal with government when I'm doing things like this. I want to know that I do it myself. And uh, some people, as soon as they begin to give you money, they want to take credit for what you're doing, you know. They, they, they want to control it. And this is nothing for anybody to try to control. They don't know anything about it. I am the person who has to do this and to control it. You know, so I prefer to keep them out. <laughs> have, you, have you partnered, though, with other similar organizations or Oceana, you know, foundations or anything of that sort for support? Because of television, because of the Internet, all other people around the world that have told sanctuaries know about me. Um, I would get a visit from some of them sometimes just to chat and so, but not to really collaborate our businesses and... You know, get about it. Yeah. Well, 
Well, Brother King, we truly, as lovers of turtles, um, particularly the babies, I'm very partial to the babies, and, and I myself has pro- have protected a few uh, along the beach as they made their way to, to the ocean uh, in Costa Rica. But um, we appreciate what you're doing. We understand the importance, and we thank you so much for joining us today well, on World Footprints. Well, I am, I am happy about my own success because I didn't know what I was doing when I started. But I have already raised and released 910 turtles back into the sea. Many which are coming back to lay eggs yeah. now. Yeah. Thank you so much. Coming up, we'll end our day on Beckway as we retire to the romantic Beckway Beach Hotel on Beckway's beautiful Friendship Beach. I planted about 4,000 bushes of flowers here quite recently, all from St. Vincent and, and Beckway and palm trees and, and uh, just uh, made it should, should be a lush uh, garden. Next as World Footprints continues. Hi, my name is Jeannie. I am from Fiji. I love listening to World Footprints Radio. World Footprints Radio is an award-winning broadcast and leader in socially conscious travel. Hosts Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick bring you entertaining and informative interviews with well-known celebrities, newsmakers, authors and industry professionals. From environmental leaders like Bobby Kennedy Jr. and David Rockefeller Jr. to conservationists like actress Stephanie Powers and director Ken Burns. Tune in to hear travel journalism at its best. Visit unique places from around the world and stop by the worldfootprints.com website for comprehensive travel information including special daily travel deals. Hi, I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. A few years ago, we decided to leave our respective legal practices to live a more purposeful travel life and help others leave positive footprints. World Footprints was born and was quickly recognized for its award-winning journalism. We've covered events from the Olympics to a Titanic expedition, and we've discussed conservation, environmental, and public diplomacy initiatives. Join us for award-winning radio and visit our website, worldfootprints.com, for daily travel deals and comprehensive travel information. My father had prostate cancer. My grandfather, two great uncles, died from it. I wish I'd known about the family history, but it just wasn't talked about. My name's Lonnie. I had my prostate removed in May of 1995, and I'm still here. So there is life after prostate cancer. I'm living proof. One thing I would want to share with any man that thinks that he may have prostate cancer is, number one, get it checked. Secondly, you have time after the diagnosis. Read, learn, go talk with your doctor, and make some decisions. Because knowledge is power. It cannot be understated, no. Prostate cancer is the most common cancer among men in Michigan. If you've been diagnosed, talk with your health care provider about your options and visit prostatecancerdecision.org today. Sponsored by the Michigan Department of Community Health, the Michigan Cancer Consortium, and the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Discover paradise on the islands of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, a tropical paradise of 32 beautiful Caribbean islands for yachting, scuba diving, enjoying nature, and relaxing in luxurious hideaways is waiting for you. Run away from a hectic life and let the people of St. Vincent and the Grenadines spoil you. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick with World Footprints, and we rediscovered ourselves by discovering St. Vincent and the Grenadines. See for yourself at discoversvg.com. 
Join award-winning World Footprints Radio, a leader in socially conscious travel, for inspiring, entertaining, and educational shows. Meet well-known guests like Bobby Kennedy Jr., actress Stephanie Powers, and director Ken Burns, along with other celebrities, newsmakers, and industry professionals who celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage, and support public diplomacy initiatives. Travel with us to unique places around the world and join us on our efforts to raise awareness about environmental, conservation, and human rights issues and learn what you can do to leave positive footprints one step at a time. Also, visit our interactive and informative website at worldfootprints.com. I am Marlon Joseph from the St. Vincent and the Grenadines Tourism Authority. We had a wonderful time with Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick of World Footprints, and we are encouraging, well, inviting you to come down to St. Vincent and the Grenadines and see exactly what we have to offer. And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. After a long day of exploring Beckway, there is no better place to end the day than with an evening at the beautiful Beckway Beach Hotel on Beckway's Friendship Beach. Lush tropical gardens surround you and the views from the resort are most relaxing. Bent Mortstead, owner of the Beckway Beach Hotel, left his native Sweden and found paradise here. I'm here with Bent Morstead, the developer and proprietor of the Beckway Beach Hotel here on the beautiful island of Beckway in the Grenadines, the, the beautiful, the truly beautiful part of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And we thank you for being with us today on World Footprints, Bent. Welcome here and, and uh, to the sunny Caribbean. This is quite south. Uh, Beckway is located not far from Trinidad and Tobago and just east of Barbados. Um, I decided to come here in 2004 First to build a villa, it happened to be a resort, uh, and not so small either. And uh, I have been ongoing construction here for the last seven years, but it's completed now. And the whole idea with the thing is that uh, it should be a Caribbean resort. It should reflect the style of the island. Where we stand now was before a swamp and a, a almond forest. The almond forest is still there with some very nice white cedar trees and the swamp has been um, <clears throat> um, drained and now we have landscaped it with plenty of flowers and we also have made the fruit gardens and uh, a very nice building. So while we walk um, towards um, the, <clears throat> uh, the welcoming part, we have installed the fountain mm-hmm. and... Um, Nothing is easy here in the Caribbean. Of course, when we installed a beautiful, nice fountain, it's leaking. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so we had to go back here to empty it, and uh, see where how we could uh, fix that. But um, and uh, we're coming into a reception building that's been a little bit modelled by um, uh, Mystic, and uh, it's the Messel design. Uh, Beckway is located; it's the closest island to the. Mystic Island is just opposite uh, our beach and um, it's 13 miles away only and you could go there with a speedboat or there are regular tours with a schooner sailing there once a week with tourists. Anyway, um, I shouldn't talk about Mystic but if I mentioned it, about 50 years ago there was a, a gentleman called Colin Tennant. He um, bought a mosquito-infested island here in the Caribbean and created uh, 
luxury village for a lot of his royal friends and others in the UK. And um, he um, found out to get some celebrities there. So he got Mick Jagger, David Bowie and other people. And uh, while most of them are still there, and they've been added since with like Tommy Hilfiger's and uh, Shakira and a lot of other people and even some of the English royals used to regularly visit it. Anyway, he brought in a theatre designer to design the buildings very nice. And the, the, so that's the style I've adopted here in Beckwe on my buildings with cornerstones, with gingerbread, uh, very bit classical mm-hmm. uh, Caribbean. And so that's why the reception building we're walking into now is a model of the, a little bit modeled from the Cotton House main room there, Mm -hmm. where is the reception and main restaurant. It was an old Cotton House. So it's a wooden floor, a lot of artifacts. uh, And uh, so here in this one, I have a private collection of old suitcases. It like people that um, came but never left. So the suitcases we yeah. put on a shelf. Yeah. Even though this is modern construction, but it does have that traditional feel as you walk through. And we're standing here right in the reception building uh, where there is a reading room with uh, typical Caribbean-style furniture, uh, books. And so it's, it's meant to really put one in a very relaxed mode to almost decouple from the rest of the world when one comes. Yeah, and in front of this is actually, um, uh, I had commissioned a picture like Begui Beach Hotel. It's, uh, it's made by an American artist uh, called um, Kerne Eriksson, and he's doing old-fashioned travel posters. He's based in Santa Barbara. And the one I commissioned here is a part of our beach bar, the beach, uh, and some lovely flowers and fruits here in the 1950s, 1960s style. So the whole hotel is a little bit retro. The idea with the reception is to be in the center of the resort. So when you're, um, so, so when you come uh, out of the reception, you have the beautiful gardens and all the buildings. Uh, seen from there and we also see the in the distance we, uh, we see mystic and in front of us mm-hmm. just is the main pool and, and then should we should maybe walk down to the beach okay. now these uh, grounds are rather lush uh, you've you've kept a lot of the palm trees and uh, just just a lot of the vegetation here to to really keep the property green yes it's uh, we brought in um, uh, a lot of flowers. I planted about 4,000 bushes and flowers quite recently, all from St. Vincent and, and Bequi and palm trees and, and uh, just uh, made it should, should be a lush uh, gardens it's about, it covers about 8 acres the gardens and the grounds and it, the idea is to have it beautifully landscaped and, and just uh, even if, well even if you're pretty full uh, you wouldn't see so much people everyone should have their own space and they would be able to do what they uh, want to do if you just want to lie the pool uh, go in the water at the beach or take a walk along the 900 meter um, whatever that's about half a mile uh, crescent shaped um, 
Friendship Beach in front mm-hmm. of us. The water and climate is almost perfect down here. It's same temperature in the water as in the air and, and around um, 82, 83 grade Fahrenheit mm-hmm. all year round. Now, how many rooms and, and villas are there on a the property? We have 41 suites and we have six uh, villas or two two-bedroom uh, two villas with our own small pool and three one-bedroom bungalows. And then we have a big estate villa with our own uh, kitchens. That's four-bedroom. And that I hope to open that to Christmas, New Year. Mm-hmm. It's difficult here to predict when you open things. Things get ready when they're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, the sense of scale here, uh, to help uh, people keep keep some perspective here with with approximately 40 rooms, this is... This is a comfortable place, but not overwhelming in terms of the scale and scope. So people can really have a very uh, warm feeling here without being overwhelmed by so much here. And, and, and that seems to be a purposeful concept behind your philosophy here at Beckway Beach. Yeah, I traveled uh, before I settled down in Beckway. I actually resident here now. This is a bit of a retirement project, uh, um, and uh, I've traveled extensively in the Caribbean and also all over the world. So my idea with this resort would, were to build the perfect resort. So I've not been in the resort business before, but I've been in the property real estate business, and um, I decided from the, my all experience around the world in Indian Ocean and the States and so on to pick the best of every place to create the rooms, to create the restaurants, and just do it my way, that's uh, old Frank Sinatra said. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, I mean, there are hundreds of places to go to. But I must say most people uh, like it, really. It's very comfortable, and, and it's and very friendly people here. We're coming down to this long sandy beach here now. Here are the waves uh, coming up on the beach, and one of the things about uh, your resort, we are close to the beach, but your villas overlook the beach, and so there are oceanfront views from very much, pretty much every every room on the mm. property, and, and there are just these huge um, glass pane doors that allow one to have this almost picture postcard view of uh, of Friendship Bay and the Atlantic side of of Beckway. Yeah, we um, that's one. I came at first here. I came sailing here, and in uh, first time was twenty one years ago, and I thought it was a very nice island. Uh, it, it's a little bit stuck in time. Um, you have because it's so small, only five thousand people. Um, and uh, no daily papers, not in the whole country, for example. They, they very much kept to themselves, and uh, it's a bit of paradise, Caribbean island. But uh, the, the negative things, it's a little bit difficult to get to. You had to travel via other islands, either via St. Vincent or Barbados uh, and St. Lucia. But if, it will never be a mass market. In, if it would, it would never be a paradise. Now, one of the things that uh, your resort, as, as we mentioned about the lush green grounds here, is that this actually is a 
green resort, whether intentionally or not, you capture your own fresh rainwater. You you grow many of uh, many vegetables here. You have your own almond trees and so forth. Uh, talk to us about some of those uh, things that really make this place very friendly to the environment here. Yeah, we had originally um, uh, the island has no running water uh, and uh, sewage systems. You had to create everything from scratch. Uh, so for the water here, and instead of doing a desinhalation plant, I did it the old-fashioned way that what I did in the Caribbean. I built water tanks under each building, and I learned very quickly that don't when you do a water tank, do it properly in concrete. If you have it leaking. When you need the water, there's no water. And when, the, when it's rain a lot, it's full of uh, contaminated water from the ground around. So I've done water uh, tanks under each and every building. And I've done a, a water net between, so I could send water between the buildings. Uh, so it's only rainwater we drink here and we shower in. And it's so clean air because there's no industry, uh, the closest industry down in Trinidad and South America. Because we are in the middle of the ocean. So... And then I all uh, to save electricity, I uh, installed solar uh, panels for all hot water mm-hmm. for use to showers, and um, other f- thing to Im- avoid f- imported food. We buy everything: the lobster for the fishermen. The waters are full of lobster here, and uh, and fish. So that's a lot on the menu. We buy local vegetables. We grow some. And the rest we buy locally from Beckwe or the nearby island of St. Vincent uh, that has very fertile soil. And all, um, all workers here are local. We have a few foreigners only. Uh, but, um, and like toilets, they're especially imported from Sweden, so they take only one third of the, of the water. And that's more to conserve the, uh, pressure, uh, the, the, the very uh, water, few water we have to so not uh, use it excessively. And we have showers everywhere inst- rather than baths. I mean, we have the swimming pool, okay, they take a bit of water, but uh, um, it rains a bit sometimes here. So uh, we're quite short of water now, but I hope that will change. Now, one of the things about this, this resort is that uh, unlike a lot of other places that just encourage their guests to, to stay at the resort, you have activities here. You've got pools. You've got this wonderful beach. You've got some dining options. But you also really are sustainable in that this property is helping to support the rest of the island in terms of commerce and uh, business activity as well. And so this is a place where people can come but are also free to explore the island from here and explore the restaurants and go into town where the ferries come in. Yes, we have two good restaurants here uh, at uh, this season and a very nice beach bar. But there are about 15 good restaurants in Bekwi, and to also let the small, uh, lo- to let the locals have a share of the uh, the, the part, we, we encourage people to test some of the the some of the island to go out to the local restaurants to sample their food, and there's like family restaurants here, yeah, and it's the the first. Uh, Pizzeria in the Caribbean, for example, uh, it's located here in Bekwe. And um, five years ago, New York Times regarded it as one of the first best five best pizzerias in the world. Mm-hmm. What uh, was quite amusing, and uh, their specialty is lobster pizza. 
but that's a whole other story. And then we uh, there's excursion. One of the excursion we recommend is uh, take an old schooner that was built here on the shores in Friendship and go down to Tobago Keys, which is a nature reserves and have one of the best snorkeling waters in the world. You snorkel with turtles, and uh, that's a full day trip, and you get uh, food, rum punch, and uh, swimming, and a good company on board. That. So there's plenty of other things also to do here in Beckwith. Now, you've also got entertainment, too, for, uh, for your guests uh, with uh, some local artists, artists as well. And you also do some things that, uh, again, put your imprimatur with the uh, community, uh, community, such as the uh, music festival in Beckway and the Easter uh, yachting traditions here. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, um we participate, firstly we have entertainment uh, twice weekly in the evenings and on Sunday uh, afternoon. It's just local bands uh, playing here, reggae music and um, uh, some evergreens, one of them, and the third have a, a, a little bit uh, a funny guy singing his own songs about Beckwim, and uh, it's quite amusing. Uh, these uh, and there's also a tradition here of country music here in Beckwith, which is, you found extremely odd, and that's the reason was that because in the 1950s, 60s there was no electricity here, and but they got transistor radios, and the only station they could get into was the American country uh, station that played country music. <laughs> that's why we have a very good country band here in Beckwith, yeah. and they used to come and play for us as well. You don't expect it, but that's reality here. Yeah. Now, this resort really is a family affair. Your, your son, your daughter, your wife, they've all uh, managed aspects of this. They've uh, put their imprimatur on the design, the furnishings, and so forth. So this really is a, a, a personal manifestation of, uh, of, of your vision here, and you've brought your family into it as, as well. Yes, that's correct. Um, um, it's my vision of, as I mentioned, Beckwood Beach Hotel should be the perfect resort. And um, uh, we do it our way. And uh, I think that um, the, we, we have chosen high-end furniture, most Tommy Bahama uh, from the States and Bauer uh, and uh, Lane Venture and Swedish uh, beds uh, uh, called ducks and, and we've gone really high end and the rooms are spacious I think I believe in the future people will re- require good quality on everything and also to have um, to have everything uh, uh, durable and not just not go in of what's uh, the, the thing of the day just do it uh, a little bit uh, differently. Uh. Bent Morstead of Beckway Beach. Uh, we're enjoying uh, just the beautiful sounds here along Friendship Bay. We thank you for being with us today on World Footprints. Thank you very much for coming here. And uh, we, we, if you want to something different and visit the old Caribbean, the Caribbean, how it used to be, uh, Beckway might be the place. Thank you very much. For thank, coming. You. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our exploration of Beckway in the Northern Grenadines. If you'd like to learn more about this island, St. Vincent, or any of the other Grenadine islands, visit discoversvg.com. And if you want more World Footprints Radio, including our World Footprints Travel Report, giving you the latest breaking travel news every day, visit us at worldfootprints.com. 
And while there, connect with us on our social networks, follow us, and subscribe to our newsletter. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we wish you blue skies and purposeful travel that leaves positive footprints one step at a time. Hi, guys. My name is Sandy Best, the Sandy Best from Lake Louise. Where's Lake Louise? It's in Alberta. Alberta's in Canada. Banff National Park. Natural beauty. The only place you should go with is World Footprints Radio, because they spend their time looking at those special places that are not tourist traps. There are not thousands of people. For the best on the planet, go with World Footprints Radio. World Footprints Radio is a presentation of Travel and On Media Productions, LLC. All rights reserved.